BetMGM Tonight, live from BetQL. We have some big news out of Major League Baseball. The Braves and Red Sox are only six runs away from Mark hitting his over on ten and a half runs. One on, one out. We're getting there. Bottom of the seventh. We're getting there. No, that is, I mean, that is big news because we were sitting at uh, 0-0 midway through this game. But the real big news is that Shohei Otani seems to be off the trade market. Uh, SI is now Tom Verducci reporting that the Angels no longer have plans to trade Shohei Otani. They're going to stick this one out and see what they can do with him uh, towards the end of the season as things kind of wrap up down the stretch as we get into fall. Angels are only four games out of a wild card spot, so they're thinking that they might have a chance to reach the playoffs. Show, show Shohei Otani, say that ten times fast, um, what they can do if, if they're able to make the playoffs and, you know, try and entice him to stay in L.A. I don't know if this is a good move or not. I don't know what to think about the whole situation because on one end, if Otani walks at the end of the year, the Angels get nothing. On the other end, Otani's, you know, Home runs are creeping up there in terms of uh, meeting Aaron Judge's record. I'm not sure he's going to get it, but brings in tons of attention to the organization. And only four games out of a wild card spot, they're remaining competitive enough and continuing to win games. So, lots of things. Yeah, about. I mean, who's ever going to want to go there if they give up now and just let, you know, trade Otani right. and shut it all down when they're this close. Like, how are teams going to view this organization in the future if they were to trade away Shohei Otani only four games out from the wild card? I think a franchise like this that is, you know, thirsting to be respectable um, and to be a destination for free agents, you know, really has to go for it. And I'm, I'm glad they are. Will they get there? Uh, I don't know if I want to put my money on that, but I do like that they are keeping them um, you know, and plus it keeps them away from, you know, the Yankees and some of those other teams, right? Right. That's the part about it that I like. I would hate it if Otani went <laughs> to the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or the Padres. Like, they, you have enough. And then they go on you and win it, you know. And it's, right? Yeah. It's just annoying. Brutal. Like, at some point, let no someone else win it. Yeah. I will say, though, that the Angels schedule coming up not too favorable. Yes, they're in a series with the Detroit Tigers right now. They won in Detroit yesterday. Rain postponed this afternoon's game, so they'll have a doubleheader tomorrow in Detroit. But then after that, I mean, Toronto, Atlanta, Seattle, Giants, meh, meh. But then you have Houston, uh, Rangers, Rays. Like, you have a really tough back end of the schedule where I'm not sure, yeah, being four games out right now looks sounds really good and promising but there's still a lot of the season left that it's going to be tough to stick in this position and be in the hunt down the stretch yeah they might fall off a little bit in the next you know week or so and then have to kind of build themselves back up but I, I just think if you have a talent like that you're not going to get a good enough return like at this point in the season you know when he has free agency you know when he when he can leave um I, so i just think you have to go for it like especially if it's a team like the the angels who you know just really need to make the postseason and make something happen and i mean worst case scenario you sell a bunch of tickets for the next couple months your organization's yep. being talked about you're in the news that's never a bad thing uh for an organization so worst case scenario 
fill the stands and you have some fun over the next couple months. Yeah, make a little money never hurts. No, not at all. Um, talking about filling the stands, Mark, just to kind of put a bow on our conversation with Carter uh, in the last segment, Colorado's going to be an interesting team this year just because of the Deion Sanders aspect of him going over there and basically cleaning out that entire roster. I mean, only three starters left from last year's team in Colorado. The second best transfer portal class coming in to Colorado. So betting on them is going to be interesting this year because the public's going to be all over them. Seems like probably week in and week out unless we get deeper into the season and they're losing all the time. But to start the year, you're going to see so much money coming in on uh, Colorado this year. Would you agree? I think so. I I think especially early on, like week one in that game against TCU, I I think that people are going to be really excited to see it. And it's always, you know, looks good on paper, right? So, you know, people are going to gravitate towards that. Um, I I think it's going to be – fascinating to watch it play out. It can go a couple ways. If this team stays healthy, you know, listen, I think they could win four or five games, you know, but, you know, with all the transfers and all the roster reconstruction, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to have the depth or the size up front against, you know, the better schools. And I think if they suffer some injuries, you know, in the trenches early, then it could get really ugly and go the other way. So um, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot of fun to watch, but it's definitely a team that I'm going to have my eye on because I think there's going to be a ton of in-season opportunities, you know, with Colorado just because of, you know, the depth, uh, the lack of, you know, that they have and, and you know, the, the public perception of what they can be, you know, as far as upside, you know, based upon the reality of, you know, listen, this is still a team that, you know, really couldn't win any games last year. They brought in, you know, a lot of new faces. Is that going to take time to gel? Colorado really was one of the best teams to bet against last year Mm because they couldn't cover anything. Like, it was just felt like free money betting against Colorado last year. I'm not sure it's going to be the same that this year, but wouldn't count it out to at least start the season. Um, Mark, who's your college football team is there anyone that you root for whoever i'm betting on man that's how it is like i'm out here in philadelphia so temple doesn't really do a lot of good for us um but you know so you know it kind of morphs i get favorite teams every year and i I know it sounds like a cop-out but i really just enjoy you know the season and how it develops like last year with tcu with the run they made like that was incredible so you know I, i just like rooting for the different teams but it's really you know, I'll go down the list of teams I got money on those win totals or money that, you know, on that week. And that, that's my favorite team for sure. Is there anyone in the Pac-12 that you're interested in? I mean, I think that's going to be a really fascinating conference this year. So much quarterback talent. I mean, you look down the board, you have Bo Nix, you have Caleb Williams, you have Michael Penix Jr., you have uh, Cam Rising in Utah, DJ uh, Uyungle, is that? Uh, I'm getting better at pronouncing good that. Enough. I was practicing I'll sign off on Uyungle. Um, over in Oregon State. Like, I just think that that division or that uh, conference is fairly wide open. I know USC is at the top, but they couldn't stop anyone last year. If their defense is what we saw last year, I'm not betting on them to win this conference. I might look down the board a little, but I think that's going to be, you know, we talked about Pac-12 after dark being kind of the, uh, the you know, um, <clears throat> Best part of a long football Saturday is finishing the day of all the uh, East Coast, Midwest conferences, and then having a whole nother night of college football 
So who in the Pac-12 has caught your eye? Yeah, I love the Pac-12 because it, it's, again, it's the, like the division is so competitive and there's so much variance week to week. You know, it's incredibly exciting. Um, listen, I think that – I know USC – it has a lot of work to do on defense. They went out and got Bear Alexander from Georgia. They got they got some guys this year. Can Alex Grinch put it together? I, I don't know, but I, listen, I've watched Caleb Williams play enough games to where they can keep him healthy. They're going to be in every single one of them. But you look at it like Michael Penix Jr., you talked about Washington. You know, they're going to be even better this year. Um, Oregon, you know, Dan Lanning's second year there. Now he has some of his guys. Bo Nix comes back. It was one of the most efficient offenses in college football. So there's just a lot of parity. And we can't forget about the team that wins the Pac-12 every year now, Utah, right? Is Cam Rising going to be healthy? I, You know, coming off that injury, I think that is really going to, you know, kind of set the tone for the rest of the conference. Um, because they're almost like the, you know, the, the – uh, the opposite of a lot of these teams a lot more finesse not really physical utah comes in there like a battering ram and at the end of a year when teams are banged up you know is when they really thrive so i think it's going to be a lot of fun man lots of good storyline us uh, ucla was really great last year so i love the conference if i had to pick a winner it's hard to bet against caleb williams like it, the number at plus 200 is not good enough you know for me to really dive in here but i do think that you know usc if he is healthy if he was healthy last year, they probably win the conference. Um, you know, if he didn't get banged up in that game. So I think if they can keep him healthy, I, I think they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, pretty much a hamstring injury away from winning the conference and going on to the college football playoff for uh, USC. I'm trying to look up quick Heisman odds. I know Caleb Williams is at the top of the board. Michael Penix Jr. is on there. Um, Drake Bowen May is another one. Is Bo Nix on there? Yep, Bo Nix is on there. There we go. Um, oh, Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers. Yes. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr., Drake May, Caleb Klubnik, Jordan Travis, Sam Hartman, Bo Nix. I don't like Bo Nix on there. I don't think he wins it. That's, I mean, he's well down yeah. the board, so the the Vegas agrees with me that he's probably not going to win it. But Caleb Williams, uh, Michael Penix Jr. at 12 to 1 is kind of interesting to me. I think he has got a lot of upside this year, could take another big jump for that value, someone I would look at. Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of it's going to determine, like, how the conference plays out, right? Like, if Washington is, is successful or more successful, wins, you know, 9, 10 games, I think Penix Jr. is going to be right there. But, you know, I really think that it's – hard because Williams probably has the most talent like him and May but are they going to give it to him in back-to-back -back years you know I, right. I don't I, you would think not because it's rarely happened I don't think it's happened since the mid-70s but um you know he's so talented that if he just puts up these video game numbers it's going to be hard to take it away from him um you know right now at this point of the year like I look the like the look down the odds board and you know try and play like hey maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr right a guy at ohio state that could be the number one wide receiver it's primarily a quarterback award but that doesn't mean that it's always going to go to a quarterback we saw devonta smith win it a couple years back blake Corum was a guy that was right in the mix until he got injured last year michigan's going to win a ton of games so he's going to be a huge part of their offense um and you mentioned clay kubnick kubnick um you know clemson i think very easy schedule they bring over garrett riley from tcu to run the offense so I think that their offense is going to look much better this year, which is, you know, a really good sign for Klubnik. 
Your history is pretty good, Mark. Uh, Archie Griffin, the last player to win back-to-back Heisman's, 1975, mid-70s. You, yeah. you nailed it. Like 50 years. Yeah, it's like 50 years. So <laughs> it, it doesn't happen. But then again, like, I don't know. Like, I watched Caleb Williams play last year, and it's just like, how do you walk away from watching him play and say he's not the best player right. in the country? Like, I, I don't know how people yeah. do that. Like, he's that talented. And he's going to have that kind of season again, you know, if he stays healthy. So how do they? How does the media narrative or, or whatever kind of like not go in his direction, you know, if he's putting up these monster right. numbers? But – a lot of it's going to depend on how successful USC is, you know, winning games. Is their defense going to keep them in games? You know, or is he going to feel like he has to do too much like last year? I'm looking for Cade McNamara on the list here. Quarterback, Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm not seeing him. Oh, he is on the list. He is 300 to 1 for Cade McNamara oh, to win the Heisman. You know what? Iowa has not had a good quarterback in since, well, C.J. Beathard. He was, we talked about him earlier. He was uh, quite the quarterback for Iowa. Not really, but, you know, everyone worships quarterbacks uh, on college campuses. Cade McNamara coming over from Michigan. At least, hopefully, he'll be someone who can throw the ball a little bit better and maybe Iowa can score more than 19 points per game on average throughout the season. That was awful last year. Yeah, maybe we'll get some totals uh, in the 40s with Iowa next year. That'd be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Iowa unders last year were – that was uh, kind of everything you needed to bet on in order to make money. Just take the under. But now uh, Kirk Ferentz's son – I'm blanking on his – Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, has some stipulation in this contract that Iowa has to average on the season, like 22 points per game or something. 25, Or he's fired. Is it 25? Yeah, I don't know why they got to mess up a good thing for under betters. Like, just just let it be. Right? Let it play out. Let us make some money betting the under. It's because all us Iowa fans are up in arms that we have to watch <laughs> paint dry every Saturday. It's miserable. Yeah, but, I mean, I if know. you have to fire your son, at least put something in the contract where it's like, well, you didn't meet this. You have to go now versus firing your son. It's probably no a hard choice. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, speaking of Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, whose conference is it right now, or at least uh, in the Big Ten East? Whose is it to take? I think it's Michigan's. Until Ohio State shows that they can beat them, you know, I think it's Michigan's. You know, that that rivalry is fascinating because I think Ohio State was probably the better team last year, but they couldn't get it done when it counted. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think Michigan takes it and continues – winning and then kind of um, reigning over Ohio State. So we 